Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. From Studio 6B on a um, what's the name? Thursday. <laughs> there we Monday. go. I'll tell you that much. Almost said Monday. Man, it's been a long week. Can't go below, but yes. Uh, on a Thursday night, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. I actually didn't know what night it was for a second there. Uh, Geo Friend holding it down as always. Good to be back. Thanks to um, the crew last night, including Kevin Downey Jr. Who sat in with you guys? How was it? It was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. Flew by. Amazing, amazing how it's sometimes the show just kind of flies by. Yeah. Well, it's about every night, right? Yeah. yeah. It flew last night. Yeah. Slick Rick, what do you got? What do you, uh, what, what is this? Like the um, Price is Right over there? What is, I, <laughs> I got I gifts coming everywhere. I got gifts Spin coming the wheel. I'll cover that in my sports. I oh, got okay. Great, We're going to wait till gift sports. from a Getter Chat. Okay. Wow. Getter Chat. Yeah. I checked my mailbox. So I didn't get anything. <laughs> so good for you. You get the bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Um, good to have you in. Lots to talk about. Uh, Avita Duffy Alfonso. From the Federalist is going to join us tonight at 8.30 to talk Real. about um, well, what a fantastical liar Joe Biden is and continues to be. Whether he has people in front of him to boo him or not, as he did, uh, and that's her new piece that um, we'll talk about when she comes on. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't here last night to obviously talk about a little bit about the um, State of the Union, which... Mm-hmm. I have to be honest, I didn't hear much of it when we were at the America's First Warehouse because, um, well, people just didn't give a damn. They didn't want to hear from Biden. It was loud. People were having a good time. We were talking to people. Yeah, that's what Slick Rick said. He was too busy getting pictures with people and people fawning all over him. That, yeah. Uh, he missed the whole thing. People telling us how much they love Rav wow. and yeah. just, um, I mean, nobody cared about Biden. I mean, it's like the State of the Union is like the most... It's like, yes, it's this event every year, but it's, it was the most absolute typical event, Biden event that you could ever watch. It was just everything we thought, the yelling, the whispering, the lying, the lying, the lying, the pathological lying, just the what regular the lying. About? Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then, of course, him uh, making up words, words that don't exist. Making up words that don't exist. I mean, oh, yeah. Mike Lee, by the way, is, I think, my spirit animal this week. He has been absolutely hysterical, not only on Twitter, but that night. 
sitting there, did the expressions of <laughs> the camera cut to Mike Lee? It's, he's going, boy, what am I listening to here? <laughs> but it was um, just nothing surprising. <laughs> it just, it's just, what? What am I listening to all night long? I just can't even believe what I'm hearing. And of course, Biden keeps trying to hold on to this Rick Scott proposal, and he can't even get the facts straight on that. So we have some video that will cover some ground tonight on Biden, on what a just, I mean, just lifeless, um, I don't I'm know. your nightmare. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're a bumbling disgrace is what you are. And so was that speech, which is why I saw today that it, was, it gandered, I believe, one of the lowest ratings for a State of the Union in recent memory. Yeah, it was down down uh, about thirty like, percent or something yeah, like that. Twenty nine to thirty percent from last year, and last year was terrible. And again, that's not surprising because people don't need this guy to go up there and fumble around his words and speak incoherently and babble around and lie. People know what the State of the Union is. That's right. It sucks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. They don't. They don't need you to lie to them about it. They, they know you'll lie about anything to make yourself, number one, to make yourself look good. Number two, uh, do, you'll do anything for more power. So he just lies about everything. But I still think the biggest lie he tries to tell is when he tries to tell us that he reduced the deficit or he created all these jobs. Mm-hmm. Or, or now his, his big one now is what? Inflation was high when I got here, folks. I mean, again, such an easily provable lie. But yeah. the jobs thing, you know, people could get lost in the jobs thing. That's not as easily, you know, inflation's easily, you know, I mean, come on. But the jobs thing, people can fall for the jobs thing. Oh, 12 million, more than any, two years, he said, more than anyone president four years has done. That is so far from the truth. If you factor in the jobs that just came back into the workforce after COVID finally passed and some of these ridiculous mandates were taken off the table, I'll bet you 75% of what he claims are jobs created are just people going back to work. He didn't create them. He didn't create them at all. As a matter of fact, him and his party did everything they could to keep those people away from working. They tried to de-incentivize anybody from coming back to work. And we went over the job, this, we went over, Rick went over from the Gateway Pundit and Jim Hoff, the, the latest jobs um, shenanigans that are going on with the seasonal adjustment report that we got. We didn't really get a jobs report. We got the seasonal adjustment report. And we expect 3 million, we got 2.4 whatever. So, hey, we created 513,000 jobs. <laughs> what? It's not, this, this, isn't, this isn't calculus. No, it's not. This is easy math. <laughs> And the math says you're a lion fraud. That's exactly what it says. You're a lion fraud. I think that's the first time I heard him use the word. That's a new one today. That's, that's a, a good one. one. We got a couple new I'll ones for that today. One right there. <laughs> that's a good one. Ah ha ha. Yeah. So we got a couple new ones for today. But calculus. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, the um, the America's First Warehouse was great. Harry did a great job. Zen Junior did a great job. Uh, Ed and Karen, you can't do it any better than they did with uh, the guests they had. David Zier with the with the Real American Voices over on the stage. Uh, Terrence back in the uh, Denver control room, all the crew. I mean, you can't do it four hours of coverage any better than they did it. I mean, it was just fantastic. 
I'll tell you how fantastic it was. I didn't leave the whole night. Normally, I'd show up at one of these things and be gone in about 40 minutes. Try the food. If it's good, maybe 45 minutes, and then I'm out of there. I stayed four hours. Really? Sat in the front row, watched the show like I was just, like I, you know. You don't even like to be here that long. No. It was just great. The America, and Joe at the America's, the America's First Warehouse is like something, I mean, if you haven't experienced it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. If you're an America First Trump, you know, even if you're not, even if you just, if you believe in somewhat of the greatness of the country, just everything yeah. he's got in there, it's just fantastic. Joe just, is great. A lot of pride in that room. Yep. Joe is fantastic. A real patriot. So, and he wants us to do a live show there so bad. But I wouldn't, I don't know. We, we got we to gotta change some things up if we're going to do it. I saw him yesterday. He said, the place is yours, Slick Rick. He said that to me yesterday okay. morning when I was on American Sunrise. I wonder if we could, uh, could we get enough people to come do it, to come do it, because in New York, so I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. So let me just address one other thing um, that's uh, happened since Ed and Karen came to New York. If you notice in that shot right there, what do you see when you look in that shot? Uh, I noticed it when I walked in. I'm uh-huh. like, well, what the heck's going on here? Mm-hmm. Abandon. That's what we call that. Really? When, see, when you know the grift is up, mm. then you just figure, okay, how do we, how do we get rid of this? Because we're getting smoked on the red phone deal. Well, you just abandon your red phone. <laughs> you abandon your red phone when it comes near the real red phone, which is what they did. did so you, I give them know, a lot of credit for doing that. Did you know find it uh, tossed in the garbage can like Hunter Biden does uh, handguns? No, it was over there on the floor, all scattered. It was scratched up. I had to like polish it to put it back here. So I, you know, as a kind of a momentous to how ridiculous it was that anyone would think that this phone was well, the original over this phone. Yeah, I'm noticing now that they're side by side. That for you know one that's supposed to be the quote unquote original, it's very shiny and. and new looking yeah, yeah it looks almost new like it yeah. hasn't been used exactly right that's exactly right and it doesn't have it doesn't so we're going to change have... the zen we're going to take that off since they've abandoned it here next to the real one we're going to take that one and we're just going to put on the front we're going to put a new tag on the front i, I know we've been <laughs> coming up with a bunch of different things yeah. but i'm not sure what maybe ben <laughs> yeah. zen. so we'll, we'll let harry answer that one yeah right <laughs> so there you go the harry phone but um so the state of the union was um the event was good. The, the, the speech was just horrifically awful, fantastically um, bad. The lying was almost nonstop. And by the way, all the same people who are telling you there's Republicans, the way they behaved, are the same people who applauded Nancy Pelosi when she ripped up the State of the Union behind President Trump. The same people are upset that the Republicans... In what is the, one of the great lies he continues to tell about this Social Security and Medicare, which we're going to speak to um, Avita Duffy about when she comes on, are, are upset at the way they um, reacted. Well, I applaud them. I applaud the way they acted. Because when you lie that, when you're that pathological in front of the country, that's, that's the reaction you deserve to get. That's what you deserve to get. And anything less, I would have been disappointed. So good for them for doing it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Victor Davis Hansen has, I think, probably the best summary of the night, and he called it the mess of an address. Joe Biden misinformed, ignored, attacked, and then tried to call for unity (laughs) as the country collectively slides into ruin. And that's exactly right. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but he basically says, now you know why he has an approval rating of 40%. 
Now you know why the, the vice president polls even less than that. I mean, she's been thrown under the bus so many times from her own party, even the last couple of weeks, it's mind-boggling. 37% of Biden's own party wants him to run again. Now you're reminded of why that is. A quarter of the American people believe the country's heading in the right direction. Now you know why that is. Given all of that, he says, what could a president possibly tell the nation when he entered office inheriting a 1.4% inflation rate to spike it to 9%? How did Americans' 30-year mortgages of 2.7% soar to 7.2%? How does the president explain eggs that have climbed to $7 a dozen? Or a thin steak that's hit $15 a pound? Or a sheet of plywood that's reached $95? How does the president explain to the American people that gas averages $239 when he came into office? Even after draining the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, it's still $350 a gallon. And recently spiked as high in some places as $6 a gallon in many states. Can Joe Biden explain why the once affordable or even cheap natural gas has more than tripled in price than less, in less than a year? What can a president say when in his first two years over 5 million foreign nationals poured into the United States, all illegally, across a non-existent border? How could the president have explained his humiliation in Afghanistan? The draining of our arsenal of key weaponry or the inability to take down the communist Chinese spy balloon when it first brazenly floated above America, photographing military bases and missile sites as it crossed the entire United States with impunity. Well, we know the answer is now to all of these questions after watching the State of the Union. He simply did not address a single one of them. He misinformed. He ignored. And he attacked. That's what happened on Tuesday night. All right, we'll discuss that more with Evita Duffy Alfonso, staff writer at The Federalist, when she joins us at 8.30. We'll do news and sports next. We'll get to the Getter Chat. Glad you're in on a Thursday night live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. with Game Pass. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's going to do some sports here in a second. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. Geo Fran holding it down as always. We get into the getter chat. I see all our friends in there. Uh, Beach Lover 11, Ginger, Real Green Bean Guy, Real Burger, 
Uh, Rob Leswag. Uh, let's see. Real America's Voice, Rav. Becky327, Steph44. I see them all in there. Good to see everybody. Uh, we got lots to get into. We'll get into the um, State of the Union some more. Um, Avita. Vita Duffy Alfonso is going to join us from the Federalist at, at 8.30 to talk about Biden and this whole Medicare Social Security nonsense that he continues to spew. And we'll go over her couple, couple of actually her latest articles. She's got to go in on China as well and how we're not prepared to deal with them, which I've been telling you for two and a half years since Biden came into office. Um, and we'll get into some other stuff in the news today. We'll try to get to the hearings. We'll get to um, Biden's interview he did with uh, Judy Woodruff. We'll also get into the Project Veritas, and we'll get into what is probably the hottest story the last two days, and that is this story about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, and I'll give you my thoughts on that, and that's, a, that's one of these things where it's going to be re-report, and in the end, you decide, because I, I, don't, I don't know that I have an opinion yet, uh, so we'll get into some of that as well, because there's some things <laughs> you have to be able to square with, um, with this article that's kind of taken over the internet in the last two days that I don't think the article squares. So uh, we'll talk about that. But let's do some sports. Let's do some sports right now. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow, of course. Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, Buy one, get one free. The new MyPillow 2.0 with control temperature technology. So if you haven't checked that out, you want to get some on that for Valentine's Day, use our code LFS6B at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, less than 72 hours till NFL Super Bowl kickoff. Super Bowl 58. Huge odds makers coming up tomorrow night. Make sure you tune in for that right at the end of the show, Big D. We're going to let you know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. I've got got an inside track. (laughs) You know what? It could be a lock. Inside track. Side track. What is this? Okay. Yeah, let me tell you, I'm getting, I'm getting from the get a gridiron. <laughs> but no, wow. we're getting some good, some good numbers, big deal. You, you and Nolan, ex- <laughs> oh, me and Nolan messaging did. on Getter. <laughs> we did compare notes before no, Paul I'm left sure vacation. I'm sure you did. <laughs> he confirmed my thoughts though. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's on vacation now, so he doesn't. He's, That's he's, what he tells you. Yeah, yeah, right. What's he doing research for Slick Rick's pick exactly. in, in the uh, he's war in the lab? Yeah, he's in the lab. lab. He's like, we're gonna take Big D for everything. You just yep. keep your mouth shut. I'll do the work. Okay. So we're gonna get to some stories. Let's get to some scores real quick. NCAA women's basketball. I like to cover the women too, and people really appreciate that. Love the girls. They're great on the basketball court. Number two, Indiana, right now leading Iowa, seventy-six, sixty-seven. Four minutes to go in the fourth, and Duke all over Boston College, forty to sixteen. Four to go in the third, and. Syracuse 52-43 over North Carolina, also in the third. South Carolina over the uh, number one South Carolina, that would be 19-7 over Auburn, end of one. And NC State and Wake Forest just underway, tied at nine. Earlier tonight, there's some finals in the ladies. Notre Dame edged Pitt 69-63. And Miami over Florida State 86-82. Shoot over to the uh, men's basketball NCAA. We have the Purdue, number one Purdue, the Boilermakers, 61-43 over the Great State. State of Iowa with 11 minutes to go in the second. Uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, and Gonzaga coming up a little bit later. UCLA and Oregon State. The 9 p.m. tips. I'll have updates on that in the next sports segment. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. The spread is still one and a half points. Not has not moved at all since the championship uh, game two weeks ago, or you know, 10 days ago. So we're going to have a great, uh, like I said, great little well, uh, run it, on that. It, it definitely moved. It moved. The Kansas City opened a two and a half point favorite. Well, now they're a one and a half point I, dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought, I thought it was one and a half right no, out of the game. No, outlaw line, first line posted was Kansas City minus two and a half. Wow, I don't remember that. All right, 
Big D, you're on it. Thank you. Uh, and let's get to a uh, well, interesting story tonight. Before we get to all the Super Bowl stuff, Brett Favre sues Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp for defamation. This broke just about two hours ago. Brett Favre is suing both Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee for defamation over comments they made about Favre's alleged involvement in a welfare fraud scheme, according to a report. Favre is accusing both Sharp and McAfee, as well as Mississippi auditor Shad White, of making defamatory allegations when discussing Favre's alleged part in a scheme that stole $77 million in Mississippi welfare funding, according to the Daily Mail. Uh, Favre is seeking damages, including compensation for injury to Favre's character and reputation. Today, uh, Brett Favre has sued Sharp and McAfee. Favre's spokesman um, told uh, DailyMail.com, Mr. Favre has spent his retirement from the NFL focused on, among other things, helping people suffering from concussions. Sadly, Shannon and Pat have decided to spend their time making false public statements against Brett. Favre allegedly received $1.1 million in welfare funds for speeches he never made and has also been accused of using welfare funds to pay for a new $5 million volleyball arena at Southern Mississippi. The former quarterback has not been charged in the case, has repaid $1.1 million in debt to the state, and has said he had no knowledge of where the money he received came from. The crux of Favre's argument is that both McAfee and Sharp suggested the Hall of Fame quarterback had knowingly stolen welfare money, which Favre has denied. The lawsuit states that McAfee said Favre tied the hands of the poor people and took money right out of their pockets. Sharp called Favre a, quote, sleazeball while discussing the allegations and said that Favre stole money from people that really needed that money. McAfee and Sharp are both NFL players who have gone into the media and become known for their candid takes. Sharp has also found himself in hot water for other reasons recently, including that little blow up he had at the. I mean, uh, is, wasn't this Center. in the news though? I feel like I feel like you reported on this story, like it was a news story. So uh, what yeah, did they? Yeah, the what Favre did they story. do to get sued? They just they just said it was. They came across and said it was like a fact, or yeah, they were they were well, they were accusing him and they're calling you know defamatory, you know, calling. So they weren't just reporting and, it. The story they were actually saying, yeah, he did it. Yeah, this story was from months ago. We initially reported. I remember on it. it. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. now I guess he feels they've taken it a little too far, which they tend to do. But this would be interesting to see how the court views the media because you know we do get on we do speak freely about a lot of topics and now they you know obviously they're saying he's attacking his character so you know uh very interesting i, I don't think it's about money i just think fob wants them to cool it and you know you know like they say let's see the jury play out and you know innocent till uh proven guilty right as is the case with michael irvin we still don't know what the story is with that reported on that last night big d you weren't in michael irvin was removed yeah, from nfl that. network and espn uh for having a supposedly or allegedly, a 45-second conversation with a young lady in the uh, hotel lobby. And uh, I guess I don't know what was said. I'm still trying to find that out. Haven't seen, uh, you know, the great Michael Irvin, but, you know, we don't know. I mean, could could have said something. He does have a checkered past, so, you know, there is something that there could be something there. But, again, it'll play out. I'm, I'm not. I'm on the air. I'm not going to say anything till I hear the facts. And you know, he's a Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. So I, well, I got to cover my boys anyway. Wouldn't be wouldn't be fair. Well, it's always a good idea not to comment till you have all the facts, right? right. I mean, yeah. At least in some things. Yep. Well, we don't seem to live in that world anymore, Big D, for some reason. With the well, media. no, no. Um, you know, and that's. Are you done with sports, by the way? Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll do some more sports. We'll do some news. But this whole Nord Stream thing is, um, you know, there's people that are that are already entrenched now on both sides since this article came out. Tucker did a big piece on it last night. He says there's no way it's not true. I just heard Grant Stinchfield in the hour before us say there's no way it. Is. He said there's no way it is true. Uh, so people are really digging in on this already, and um, I mean it, it is a it is a pretty significant article in the, on this Substack from this guy from the New York Times, this writer Hirsch. Uh, and you got to really dig in. 
I mean, and there's some things that I don't I don't know how you square about it before you can just automatically say it's 100% true. Although the thing is, no one from the government has pushed back in any substantial way to say with any any evidence to say it's not true. Since this article came out, the White House, I guess, has responded. Did they respond? Um, I believe I they know. did. They might have. But just a you know, but, very kind of like on yeah. the surface denial. Um, I don't know. I said I said it when it first happened. It's usually the easiest, you know, the easiest uh, answer is usually the right one, and it made no sense to me when looking at you know just looking at the facts. It blew up. It was theirs. They make money off it. Why would they blow it up? Makes no sense. Ah. Right, Probably it makes no us. sense that Russia would do it. Of course, right. it still makes that still Probably makes us. no sense. Right, Probably us. And then, and then, of course, we. I think we actually played the clip where Joe Biden said, you know, there we'll make sure we day. take it out. Right, Victoria Newland did the same thing. Right, so it's like, you, you kind of told us what you were going to do. Well, yes, but there's, a, again, I think, well, I'll, I'll tell, tell you what I think. Right. We, after Avita Duffy from The Federalist joins us when we get back. And we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll get to that in an hour, too. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Lots to do. Glad you're in. So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant, but it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Folks, the idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not saying it's, it's a majority. Well, why say it then? The first thing you're going to do is backtrack on it, you old fool. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday, 8.30. That, of course, is uh, one of the moments, uh, one of the more fiery moments, and I applaud the Republicans for it. Um, any other response less than that would have been um, a dereliction of duty, as they like to say in the Democratic Party on uh, on their end. So, Well, it was a moment of conversion, Dave. Yes. Um, Avita Duffy Alfonso is a staff writer to The Federalist. She's co-founder of The Chicago Thinker. Her latest piece at The Federalist is entitled Liar, 
Republicans epically fact-checked Biden's Social Security and Medicare fear-mongering in real time. Yes, they did. And uh, she's been nice enough to join us now. Vita, welcome to Live from Studio 6B. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. That was a... that was a it was a great moment, you know. And I, when you're a pathological liar and you're going to lie to the American people like that, and that's what Joe Biden's done his whole career, we know it. Uh, he's a bumbling disgrace. I thought the speech was lifeless, and it was just full of just fantastical uh, lies. You deserve to get booed. So I I approve and applaud the Republicans for doing it. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, well, it was so interesting. There's been a, there was a, a lot of debate on Twitter. Is should, should Marjorie Taylor Greene have called him a liar? Should the Republicans be heckling the president? And my answer is absolutely. He's lying to the American people on live television in front of you know our entire government. And and yeah, they have every right to say no. That's that's not true. We're not trying to sunset Medicare and Social Security. What a ball faced lie that you're going to tell the American people. And they fact checked him in real time and actually made him start to stutter. And he moved off script. You know, you can actually see his. Uh, prepared remarks and he started to stumble and kind of lose his way as they booed him and I just thought it was amazing to fact check him and then also to show that this man is not here mentally he was just not coherent the second he moved off script it was a disaster yeah it always is a disaster with him whether he's on script or off script off script is total disaster like you said and and the amazing thing about it is these are the same people, the media, all the analysts who go, oh, they shouldn't be booing and MTG and all this and Carville losing his mind. These are the same people who, when Nancy Pelosi behind Donald Trump ripped up the State of the Union, applauded like, oh, no problem with that. But MTG in the crowd saying liar when he is exactly doing that, they had a huge problem with. Amazing, isn't it? They still want to claim the moral high ground. Yeah, I know it's 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 incredible, and we talk about what, what kind of Republicans do we want representing us. And you see Marjorie Taylor Greene yelling at him, calling him a liar, and then you have Mitch McConnell probably sitting there doing nothing with his Ukraine flag tie. Much prefer Marjorie Taylor Greene to that. I mean, it was just just the contrast is is so telling of what kind of what kind of people we want representing us. And you're right, the Democrats don't have any respect. Anytime anybody says you know we should have respect for this office and for this 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 hall, no, the Democrats have no respect. And we're not going to let the president lie to our faces. Yeah. There's a couple of things about this that are really amazing. So he keeps the president. So he does this on Tuesday night. He gets booed. Then he goes out Wednesday, does the same thing, of course, in front of a crowd. that's not going to boo him. So he continues to do it. He even did it again today. But he keeps focusing on, I, I'm assuming, Rick Scott. And it's who he's, who he's referring to when he, when he says Republicans. And then he immediately backtracks and says, well, it's not all of you. He's, so he, he keeps talking about Rick Scott and this proposal uh, that he put out, obviously, about Social Security, Medicare reform. Um, so what is the basis? Is, was Rick Scott just sloppy in what he put out? Is Biden just misrepresenting it? What's your understanding of the Rick Scott proposal and why Biden keeps trying to kind of harp on it and use it to his advantage? Yeah, I mean, what, what, I, what I've been told from, from from Republicans is that no one is trying to do anything to Social Security and, and Medicare. And I wish that they would, to be honest. I think the entitlements in this country have become completely out of control. Um, and, and it's I'm a Gen Zer for me. I, I know I'm never going to see that money. I'm going to get, get, get screwed for the rest of my life paying into something that I'm never going to see. Um, and and so, yeah, I wish they would deal with it. But the truth is no one's going to deal with it. We all know that. And and the president is just using it as a talking point. He doesn't have much to run on. The economy is trash. Um, this this war in Ukraine is, is, is you know, putting us in financial ruin as Americans can't even buy eggs. And so he's got to he's got to run on something. And so he's making up lies now. 
Yeah. And what's amazing is his inflationary and the Democrats' inflationary agenda puts seniors at way more risk than um, than some speculation about what has to be done with Medicare. And like you said, they have to be reformed at some point, whether it's the age or whether it's grandfathering in whoever's the next ten, five or 10 years and then making changes. There's got to be some changes. But you think about the quantitative easing we've done in this country under mostly Democrat rule for 15 years. Um, th- that has been much more uh, of a of a danger to seniors and and Medicare and Social Security as they can only earn one percent in some of these trusts where this money lies instead of eight percent because we're quantitative easing and devaluing the dollar over the last fifteen years. That's been way more of a problem, but nobody wants to address that. They just want to talk about Rick Scott's some proposal out there in the ether that he doesn't even say he wants to do this, but this is what he keeps harping on. Yeah, and you know, it's it's such a good point because the Democrats' policies, they're absolutely in the short term, right? Because because elderly people, they, they only have the short term to look into. It definitely hurts them more. But there's a real disconnect with boomers, I think, is a real problem. You know, everybody wants to hate on the boomers, but it's true. I think there's a lot of boomers who don't aren't looking at that and they say, oh, you know, Social Security and, and Medicare and oh, I'm, I'm super worried that Republicans are going to take it away. And and the, re- the real truth is that, you know, Demo- Democrats policies are what's hurting them a lot more than than any sort of reform to these entitlements. And and I think <laughs> Republicans need to do some messaging to them and talk to them about the real dollars and science and, and say, you know, you guys are not looking at this the right way. And it's really frustrating, like I say, from like a millennial or from a Gen Z standpoint, that that they can't understand that. But I find that there's a real disconnect. And the reason Democrats are able um, to to lie like this is because, you know, seniors are so receptive to it. Yeah. And we could take a little trip down memory lane. Gee, pull up cut, uh, pull up cut one, because Biden today says something about, you know, it's their dream. Republicans, as he continues to harp on this, it's their dream to uh, cut Social Security, Medicare. Let's just remember very quickly about who's talking here. Cut one. Roll that, G. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Yeah. You're right here with me. Yeah. Have you been on the floor of the Senate? You were in the Senate for a few years. Yeah. Time and time again, talking about the necessity with pride about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never said that. No. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Look, here's the deal. You're an honest guy. Why don't you just tell the truth here? We all make mistakes. I, I am telling the truth. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Joe, let me repeat it again. I want you just to be straight with the American people. I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again talking about the need to cut Social Security, That's good, G. Medicare, and yeah. veterans. So, I mean, so, you know, I, I, Joe, maybe like Bernie says, Joe doesn't know we have the YouTube to go to. But, uh, you know, we have tape of Joe Biden here. I think it was more his dream than anyone else's. What do you think? Maybe he really did forget. I mean, the yeah. man's senile. <laughs> Who knows? But no, no. I mean, this man is a serial liar. I mean, this I, that is a, such an amazing clip. I'm glad we were you were able to pull that up because absolutely. I mean, he he has been he's he himself has been trying to get rid of of uh, Social Security and Medicare. And so I it's it's astounding that he's and this is what the, this is what Joe Biden really is. I mean, everybody always says, oh, he's such a he's a kind grandfather. He's he's benign. He's going to unite the country. Yeah. This 
say and do whatever he can to appease the Democrats, which right now are extremely radical, are extremely dangerous and posing a threat to a lot. I mean, look, I mean, the way that they weaponize the FBI, I mean, just the, the things that have been allowed under this presidency are not benign, are not uniting. And he is a serial liar and will do whatever he can to stay in power. And it's it's very concerning. Yeah. Lunch bucket, Joe. So one of the other things that's concerning, and it's a piece you wrote, I think, before the the, the latest one you wrote. Uh, was about this viral TikTok in China. And obviously that's everything that's going on with this balloon. Um, I want to ask you about that because, you know, this omnibus bill that we just went through, one of the things that we heard about from people like Tom Cotton, who I was shocked at, voted yes. They used the military excuse as to say why they had to vote for this $1.8 trillion omnibus bill passed in the lame duck session. And I read your piece and I'm thinking, you know, you were writing exactly what I was thinking at the time, thinking, wait a minute, what are we funding? More wokeness, more weaponization, more. um, Tell me a little bit about, well, you know, first of all, let's play this clip and then I'll set it up for you so you can explain what your article was. Play a little of Cut Zero, G, roll that. And the threats to our nations, they don't sleep. They're watching our every move. Iran, Russia, China, North Korea. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, they may be watching this right now. Our military should not be mistaken for a cable news gab fest show. We don't care what you look like. We don't care who you voted for, who you worship, what you worship, who you love. It doesn't matter if your dad left you millions when he died or if he knew who your father was. All right, that's good, G. It goes on a little bit. You, I'll post it, but that's to the point. Your article says, um, yes, we all kind of get why we should be inspired. You know, these guys will go out there and we're the, the number one, you know, military in the world and we want to fund them and we want to de- defend our freedom and all that. But your point of your article is to say, you know, that's not really the messaging coming from, from this Department of Defense, Lloyd Austin, and what we have right now, correct? What, so my, my, my article was saying, you know, that the, the, his message is fine, but what's concerning to me is that it's gone mega viral among young people, especially a lot of young men. Um, and I think there, it's it's essentially meaningless um, in terms of uniting people, right? Like what his 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 thesis is what we have to fight for and what we have to unite under is that we disagree on everything. And that's the same thing with 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 our with the military in general. The higher ups say diversity is everything. Diversity is our strength. And, and instead of talking about what we have to unite under, the the, the constitution, the, our freedoms, like the the entire American mythos, they they've completely rejected that. And for good reason, because a lot of young people are straight up offended by our 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 shared cultural heritage they they think the founding fathers are racist yeah. and and the reason is because you know our, that's what they've been taught in schools you have the national archives putting content warning labels on the the declaration of independence i mean yeah. it it's being taught to them. I just think it's it was really indicative of the of the sickness that's in our military and why their numbers are tanking for recruitment. Yeah. Well, I love to have you on your show. We'd love to have you back. Great discussion and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Avita Duffy Alfonso from The Federalist, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. News and sports, more to do. And we'll get into the Nord Stream 2. What's going on? All of it coming up.
live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night, 13 till the hour. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado is going to do news. Geo Fran holding it down. As always, we'll get into some other things that are going on today as well. Let's do some sports right now. And that's brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. What's going on, Slick Rick? Right, let's get a couple more scores in real quick. NCAA women's basketball. Right now, Duke continues to trounce Boston College 64-27 in the fourth. Uh, Syracuse over North Carolina 75-63. That's also in the fourth. At the half, South Carolina taking care of business over Auburn 42-21. NC State up by one, 23-22 over Wake Forest at the half as well. And uh, Northwestern and Maryland just underway 11-9 is the score in that game. Now let's talk about a little bit of NBA action. Uh, Matt Magic over the Nuggets, 89-84, end of three. And the Hawks over the Suns, 56-47 at the half. I guess Kevin Durant hasn't laced them up yet. And NHL action, lightning over the Avalanche, 3-0, uh, five to go in the second. And Flames and Red Wings tied at one, end of two. Panthers lead the Sharks 2-1, to one, also end of two. These are all end of two. Devils and Kraken tied at one. Oilers and Flyers tied at one. And Islanders lead the Canucks 3-2. to two. And Golden Knights, one zip over the Wild. And let's not forget the men, NCAA men. Purdue, number one Purdue. The Boilermakers, 76-64 over Iowa. Three minutes to go in that game over there. And, uh, well, let's get to the Super Bowl. 72 hours, less than 72 hours. It's going to be a kickoff. Some aren't watching. Some are organizing their sock drawer. But I I can tell you, it's going to be a record number. I think a lot of people are going to tie in because these teams are so closely matched. And I think it's going to be a great game. Super Bowl 57 to feature two openly Christian quarterbacks. I thought this was a very nice story. Thomas D. Williams, Ph.D. of Breitbart. Super Bowl 57 will pit two openly Christian quarterbacks against one another in a showdown of faith as the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs next Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts gives God all the credit for his athletic success, insisting that he tries to keep his faith front and center. I've just matured and realized that God is everything and he's worthy of praise, Hurts declares. You have to put him in the center of everything that you do. That's what I believe. All my spiritual wisdom, all of my wisdom as a whole comes from him in some way, shape, or form, whether that be passed down from my father, my mother, my grandmother. I just think in all the things that we experience in life, good, bad, or indifferent, you have to keep him in the center. God only made me one way, he said. That's that's to me for me to be me. That's to be Jalen Hurts. Um, and when I talk about the city and how he's so blessed to be where he is and he knows his you know divine intervention um and uh, following the Chiefs' 23-20 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game on January 29th, the 27-year-old quarterback also pointed to God as his source of strength. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, too, very, uh, very religious, uh, very, very um, up with God. Um, he said, Patrick Mahomes said, as long as I'm doing everything the right way and the way that he would want me to do it, then I can walk off the field with my head held high and be able to be the man that I am, he said at the time. He said, I understand that he's given me a lot of blessings in my life, and I'm trying to maximize them and glorify him. Uh, what a refreshing thing to hear from oh these guys. Goodness. I'm like blown away. I just had to get that story. Of course, Breitbart's the only one you're going to hear that, or maybe Gateway Pundit. You're not going to see that on ESPN, but I just thought that was a great story. Those I'm, two young men. I'm just surprised that, that nobody in the media is attacking them. Where, where are the attacks from ESPN and, and the New York Times? There's a New York Times article I'm looking at right here. In Tebow debate, a clash of faith and football. Remember, anytime this guy ha- showed anything that had to do with his faith, everybody freaked out. He took a knee in in the end zone to 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 thank God, you know, for giving him the uh, the strength and, and the agility to, to to play the game. Oh my goodness, he can't be doing that on TV. People watching, kids might see that. Shut up. 
Ah, God now, rules. God rules over all, Rick. That's yeah, what happens. It, it's amazing the the change. I wonder what's the difference. What's the difference in these guys? Oh, that's right. I don't have to tell you. It's amazing, though, I, and, I, and uh, really, that makes me want to watch the game even more and really root for both those guys. It's going to be tough to make a pick, but Slick Rick's going to have to come up with a pick tomorrow night for Big D. Uh, and just one more quick story. Kobe Bryant jersey from MVP season sells for over $5.8 million. Another wow. great guy, the great Kobe. This is Dan Hajucki of ESPN. A signed Kobe Bryant jersey worn during his lone MVP season in 2007 8 uh, has sold for $5,849,000 with Sotheby's, a record for any Bryant item. It's the second most expensive basketball air jersey ever sold of course the uh, michael jordan jersey that sold for 10 million dollars that was a little bit earlier in the year that was from his last dance jersey which was an incredible sale but uh, of course sports memorabilia just like gold just like a lot of things you know these tangible assets they're really going through the roof and people are investing in that and well you know it's not a bad move and that's a wrap in sports big d we'll have more on the super bowl and a couple of the stories coming up a little later all right slick rick very good thanks we'll do some more sports later on let's do some news haven't done much here I haven't done any yet. Uh, and here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, there's a few things that have grabbed my attention. Maybe you've heard of this yourself, where the the Biden IRS is being slammed over a plan to dip their greedy little fingers into your tip jars. If you're if you're one of these workers that actually works for tips, well, guess what? Well, you know, the IRS is going to come looking for you. Why? Because that's part of Biden's plan. Uh, as waiters and, You're making 400000 in tips, right? Right, yeah, on a good night. Okay. As waiters and waitresses who live off tips could soon get served with new tax scrutiny, service industry workers along, alongside lawmakers are sounding off on the IRS latest proposal under President Biden. The new voluntary system that you have to actively do or they'll come and get you is probably more to track smaller family-owned establishments, Olivia Kerwin, waitress and full-time student in West Palm Beach area, told Fox the other day, which would suck if they use this to impose more taxes on these businesses that are already struggling to survive. The IRS has opened itself up to public feedback regarding proposed tip reporting system between the tax agency and the employers in service called the Service Industry Tip Compliance Agreement. Boy, that just has a friendly sound to it, doesn't it? Uh, the program would be voluntary, of course, and it's designed to take advantage of advancement in point-of-sale time and attendance systems and electronic payment settlement methods to improve tip reporting compliance, the agency said. Uh, while reporting, while reportedly replacing other tip reporting systems, according to the IRS, SITCA, that's the uh, system that I just told you about, uh, would monitor employer compliance based on annual tip revenue and charge tip data from an employer's point of sale system. So basically what they would be doing is they're going to they're going to kind of they're going to kind of focus their laser beam on the employer as opposed to the employee. So the employer is going to be pressed to uh make sure that their employees are reporting their tips. That's how they get you. See it's not, it's not the government doing it. They're going to force the business to do it for them. Um Many service industry workers, like Kerwin, rely strictly on tips to make a substantial living. As many as as many servers, hourly pay falls below the minimum wage. Kerwin further argued how abiding by a new IRS regulation would fuel confusion and frustration for businesses who have already seen their tips get hit by inflation. And, you know, this is something I, I referenced um, over the summer when I took my car. First time I took my car to get it washed in a while, just because I had been doing it myself. 
And to see, instead of it being like $18, you know, to get a car wash, uh, it was 38 And it's like, well, uh, why is it so expensive? Well, now they have to pay their, their employees 15 bucks an hour. So what happens? Uh, I'm, I'm a little short on tip money, fellas. Sorry about that. It, it's because the employer took it all. So that's what you have to look forward to with the uh, new Biden t- tax plan. I'm sure you're all excited about that. Mm. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, funny, funny math and uh, Joe Biden calculus, looks like Disney's about to lay off 7,000 employees, even though we just had uh, 500,000 new jobs open up. Who knew? The Walt Disney uh, Company is eliminating 7,000 jobs worldwide and more than 3% of its workforce. As CEO Bob Iger aims to slash a stunning $5.5 billion in spending in attempt to save the once formidable company. Iger announced the cuts Wednesday during Disney's first quarter earnings report, saying it was not an easy decision to make. Uh, I have an enormous respect and appreciation for their employees, blah, blah, blah. Disney employs about 22, uh, 220,000 people worldwide, meaning layoffs will impact 3% of the company, and they're expected to hit U.S. employees the hardest. Uh, let's see. Disney's streaming initiatives, including Disney Plus, uh, in November reported the streaming service lost a mind-boggling 1.5 million in the fourth quarter alone. So there you have it. Uh, more great job news, but don't worry, Joe's doing great. All right, hour two coming up live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. Crazy town, lots to get to. An hour two coming up. Studio 6B, hour two on a Friday. Uh, no, Thursday. <laughs> uh, last hour was he's, Monday. He's fried. You're getting closer, though. At least you're, at least you're like, I, closer in the week. I think he needs a night off. Yeah. Yeah. Live from Studio 6B. This is hard math here, Joe, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's not. This, this, isn't, this isn't calculus. Okay. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Love it. Uh, talked about Social Security nonsense from Joe Biden as he continues to lie day after day after day. He was doing it again today. Doing. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> doing it again today. Where is that? Uh, where is he today, G? The uh, I'm your nightmare deal. Did I put that? In? We have that, right? I'm your nightmare. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we don't, I thought we had just the, the clip of him saying that, but that's fine. We'll get to it in Crazy Town. Um, he's, he's doing it today, lying about it again. He can't get off Rick Scott's proposal, which uh, Rick Scott doesn't even say. Rick Scott talks about sunsetting, all these things, and if we like it, then we should vote on it again or whatever. The only person, only people taking money out of Social Security is the, is the Democrats. $700 billion they took out when Obamacare nonsense was uh through <clears throat> and i think they took 300 billion out of it this last time so the only people taking money or reforming or talking about taking money out of these things is the democrats so but as we were just ch- chatting about 
and no people are having a lively discussion in the chat. Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. That's all it is. One one politician comes along and says, "Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you out of uh, out of this money, mm-hmm. and then you can vote for me, and keep voting for me, and then I'm gonna retire, and I'm gonna be gone, and then the next person's gonna come along and say, well, well, I can tell you what what he did wrong. I mean, it's just come on, it's just nonsense. It's the politics of deceit. That's all it is. That's all it is. You want to call it a pension fund? You want to call it an entitlement? You want to call it whatever you want to call it? It's the politics of deceit." It has been for a long time. But to this specific point, Joe Biden is a vicious liar about what Republicans want to do. Well, he's a vicious liar about everything. Well, about everything. Correct. And even when you get called out by Bernie Sanders, it kind of tells you where you're at <laughs> on this whole thing. Okay. Um, and just one more time, cut two, G. Here's another clip of this moron. Roll that. Paul Ryan was correct. When he did the tax code, what's the first thing he decided we had to go after? Social Security and Medicare. Now, we need to do something about Social Security and Medicare. That's the only way you can find room to pay for it. Do we need a pro-growth progressive tax code that treats workers as job creators as well, not just investors, that gets rid of unprotective loopholes like stepped-up basis? And it raises enough revenue to make sure that the Social Security and Medicare can stay, still needs adjustments, but can stay. Hmm. Yeah. There it is. So. His words, out of his mouth. Yeah. So. Exactly. But it's like, it's like I said, it's like they forget we have these clips of them talking about these things. It's the same thing with Biden when he wanted to meet the press, talked about uh, gay marriage. Whatever they're accusing Republicans of now is usually something they've done or supported in the past. And there's not a Republican you can find. Now, I know there's a clip of Mike Lee floating around from, I think, when he's about 10 years old that they're trying to, to, uh, you know, say, as he talked about Social Security. But no one in any recent history has talked about touching these programs. It's like the third rail of politics. So, all right, let's do some more news since we didn't do much. And here with that is Rick Delgado. What's going on, Delgado? All right. Well, last week, I don't know. I think we hit on this, this New Jersey GOP councilwoman, uh, Eunice Dwumfor. She was found uh, dead in her car with multiple shun- shot gu- uh, gunshot wounds in Sayreville, Middlesex, New Jersey. Um, well, turns out she's not the only one. One week later, it turns out uh, we have another murder or at least a death. And we're talking about another New Jersey uh, municipal council member, another GOP Republican, Russell Heller, was found shot dead in his car. Uh, Russell Heller, 51, was found at about 7 a.m. I think it was this morning in a Somerset parking lot at PSE&G, local energy company, uh, where the Milford Republican worked. Cops quickly ID'd the former employee, uh, Gary Curtis, as a suspect and found him dead in a car from a suspected self-inflicted gunshot wound about three and a half hours after the slaying of Heller. The councilman's murder came exactly a week after the Sayreville councilwoman also a Republican, was gunned down in her SUV outside her, her home about 15 miles away. Her murder, though, remains unsolved. So it's kind of interesting, kind of weird, kind of strange that these uh, these people are ending up dead. Again, two, two GOP people out of the state of New Jersey. 
And then uh, then we go to New Jersey once again for another weird story. This one in, including uh, or encompassing the entire council. The Democrat member council um, has switched in East Hanover from Democrat to GOP. Yeah. East Hanover Mayor Joseph Panulo and four members of the Township Council all switched from Democrat to Republican, making a complete party flip in the township of 11,105 people, New Jersey Globe uh, confirmed. Joining Panulo in switching parties are Council President Frank DeMeo, uh, Councilwoman Carolyn Gidoli, Councilman Brian Brokaw, and, and uh, Michael Mattarelli, municipal leaders have a responsibility to best represent their constituents, he said, and it is our belief that this change of party is in the best interest of the community. As the nastiness and, and rhetoric of social media vitriol and national politics continues to infiltrate local governance, we collectively determined this was our best course of action to keep the focus on local issues impacting our community. That in a statement said by uh, Panulo. Morris County GOP Chair Laura Marie all uh, Laura Marie Alley credited Hanover Mayor uh, Ace Gallagher, Ace Gallagher, for convincing the East Hanover officials to sweet, switch parties. The entire Republican Party in Morris County is welcoming Mayor Panulo and the East ha- Hanover Council members. So there you have it. If uh, I guess if you can't beat them, you join them. And it's kind of odd. It's a it's kind of a weird thing. We've seen it happen before, though, where these Democrats and it's happened, I think, twice in New Jersey that we uh, reported on like late last year or during the uh, the fall where Democrats are switching over to Republican. I guess they're they're yeah. they're getting, you know, they're, they're, they're getting a little temperature a test of the water. And they're seeing that, you know what, these policies that the Democrats are pushing, you know, uh, just open borders. Open, uh, let, let's have, uh, what do you call it, abortions on, on demand, all this kind of craziness. Uh, the people, the people who are, who are, you know, down to earth, regular people are not falling for this kind of stuff. So um, we've got some changes there in New Jersey. Hopefully that uh, says better for the bigger party, uh, bigger party seats, Senate and, you know, the U.S. House when those elections come along. Did you say in your reporting that there was anything between the two um, shootings that were related? No, because one of them was done by a co-worker. Um, they determined the co-worker killed... This is the, the most recent one? Who, yeah. The guy then shot himself? Right, yeah. So Heller was killed by a former co-worker, uh, Gary Curtis, they believe, because they found him mm-hmm. uh, a little while later, three and a half hours later, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yeah. And they both worked at uh, the same same place. Okay. So. All right, anything else in the news right now? Uh, not right now. All right, we'll do some more news. We'll do some sports. So um, here's the interesting thing. I see people still talking about Social Security. Um, So I just quickly pulled up as I was watching the discussion. Is Social Security an entitlement program? People arguing, obviously, clearly it's not. So let's say that Social Security is not an entitlement program, but a forced payment into an insurance contract that promises Americans will enjoy a return on their investment should they be so fortunate to live long enough. So we'll set the premise there. Then why, if that's true, does each and every effort to reform Social Security curiously resemble the reforming of an entitlement program? Consider the solutions that have been offered. Taxing the Social Security benefits of higher income earners. That's one you hear about all the time at a higher level. They don't need the money, therefore arbitrary curtailing of their benefits, well, that's justified, right? 
raising the payroll tax to create the revenue needed to reconcile a projected shortfall. Just as higher taxes are routinely offered to make welfare programs more sustainable, kind of like that, right? Delaying payments to later years for Social Security beneficiaries. That's quite the contract if benefits meant to be collected at 67 can arbitrarily just become benefits fully collectible at 68, 69, 70, 72, 73. And then here's my favorite one. You pay 6.2% of your income to Social Security. And people who make over 118500 don't have to pay 6.2%. That's just not fair. And once you enter the concept of fairness, and once you introduce that, you can pretty safely say you've left the realm of practical finance and you've entered the realm of, well, social engineering. So I'll be interested to see what people think about that who are arguing the debate of uh, entitlement or uh, public pension program. Could it be both, by the way? Could it be both? Um, So there's that. All right, Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but I did see the good discussion going on in the Getter Chat about it, so I figured I would just bring that up. Um, All right, let's, I I don't have time to get into it right now. This report on the um, what's going on with the can't find it. I just cannot find it. Seymour Seymour Hirsch, how America took out the Nord Stream pipeline. So this article in the last two days has been lighting the internet on fire. The New York Times called it a mystery, quote unquote. But the United States executed a covert sea operation that was kept secret until now. And this is Mr. Hirsch's, I believe, first Substack article, quite a doozy to launch his Substack with. And just to set the premise of it, he says the U.S. Navy's diving and salvage center can be found in a location as obscure as its name down what was a country lane in rural Panama City, a now booming resort city in the southwestern panhandle of Florida, 70 miles south of the Alabama border. The center's complex is a nondescript as its location, a drab concrete post-World War II structure that has the look of a vocational high school on the west side of Chicago, a coin-operated laundromat and a dance school are across what is now a four-lane road. The center has been a training highly skilled deep water divers for a decade who, once assigned to the American military units worldwide, are capable of technical diving to do the good, using C4 explosives to clear harbors and beaches of debris and unexploded ordinances, as well as the bad, like blowing up foreign oil rigs, fouling intake valves, for undersea power plants, destroying locks on a crucial shipping canal. The Panama City Center, which boasts the second largest indoor pool in America, was the perfect place to recruit the best graduates of the diving school who successfully did last summer what they had been authorized to do 260 feet under the surface of the Baltic Sea. We'll set the ground like that, and we'll get into the guts of it here when we get back. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night.
right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Despite the U.S. blowing through $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, well, the White House and the Democrats still refuse to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out of it. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with our friends at Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king. It's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word AMERICA and send it to 989898. You claim a free information kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about this. To dig the country out of a mountain of debt, every single one of you would have to write a check for $247,000. And that number is going to keep going up. It's going to only keep getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting America to 989898. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text America right now to 989898. There's no obligation to make this request. Get your free information kit today. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. We'll get into Crazy Town a little bit. We'll get into Biden's interview with... Judy Woodruff, and we'll get into some of the hearing today. Chuck Grassley. If Chuck Grassley was anybody, uh, if Chuck Grassley was a 20-year-old who um, was anti-Trump and had information like he had, like he spilled today on Hunter Biden, on one of on Eric Trump or Don Jr., it would be plastered all over every media outlet forever. Chuck Grassley today drops this opening statement about 15 minutes long and it gets no coverage hmm. so we'll play a little of it um and we'll get to what you want to get to representative paulina luna from florida right she yeah. was dropping fire yesterday as well yeah she I, I guess we didn't get to we played about a minute of the clip last night but i guess uh you know people that saw it uh and i saw it all over social media she hit some home runs i guess mm. so I'll tell you the guy I like. I can't remember his name right now. I posted it on our Twitter. Um, oh, we played it last night. I know who you're talking about. Oh, Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins. Oh, man, that's yes. my man right there, yeah. Clay Higgins. I'm on. I love the way he talks, number one, and he just drops bombs. He said to those guys, he said to those weasels sitting there, this is only, this is only the first part. The second part is where y'all get arrested. <laughs> oh, man, that was, woo. Clay bringing the heat. Yeah. All right, speaking of the heat, bringing the heat, let's do some sports. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati, brought to you by MyPillow and Mike Lindell. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. By the way, go check out 6bshirts.com. People tell me they love this live from Studio 6B established 2015 shirt. The good-looking shirt, and it was established in 2015. Uh, 6bshirts.com. We had some problems with the link. Those are all fixed. It works good now. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? Uh, Big D, speaking of dropping fire, look what the mailman dropped off for Slick Rick. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> I, these are our people. Get a chat. Um, Hawk Diesel, man. What a fantastic guy. Great follower of the show. He actually went out of his way to pick up a Drew Pearson autograph ball for Slick Rick during his depressed Super Bowl week as his Cowboys aren't in business. <laughs> and I, I, this is unbelievable. This is a Hall of Fame player for the Cowboys, a guy I loved, an autograph I didn't have. And uh, this, is the, this is the other half wow. of the Hail Mary. You believe this? That's this is, unbelievable. Look at this ball. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm speechless. I really am. Who's so, that send, from? Hawk Diesel? Hawk Diesel sent me a picture of him and the, uh, the great Drew Pearson. Uh, he was wearing Drew 
news uh, ring, his Hall of Fame ring, and his Super Bowl ring. That'd be Super Bowl 12, January 16th, 1978. I can tell you where I was. And unbelievable. But <laughs> could you imagine, Hawk? You are the man. Of course, he's a big Jaguars fan, so he had to send me a koozie. He said, Slick Rick, you got to use my koozie. So, you know, I'm not, it's not going to stay on the set, Hawk. I'll bring it on during the season. Oh, but no, this, this is going to stay that. on the set. You, you can't immediately. <laughs> Hawk's freaking out in the chat that you took it out of the box, Rick. Well, I had to. You oh, know, I my goodness. Take it out. Oh, oh, my God. God. I got oh, the box. No, hey, come on, Big D. I got to tee it up, man. This is come a on. good, wholesome story that you're turning into a disaster on multiple levels here. You I don't killed this Jaguar thing, and you took it out of the box. I got it right here to Jaguars. Don't worry. Why but you do uh, that? Good okay. stuff. Oh. Is Hawk in the chat right now? Yeah, I think I saw him come in. Okay, yep. let's have a little discussion there, pal. He does sports. He does news. <laughs> Who started this show? Big D. 2015. <laughs> There's my gifts. <laughs> All right, Slick Rick, let's do sports. I think I'm the only one who gets gifts on this show. But I'll that was really good. Shocker. Thank you, Hawk. You're the man. And, uh, well, let's get to a little football here. <laughs> Listen to this one. Uh, I, get it, I get impersonator red phones left there for me. Yes. Great. And, by the way, I'm getting uh, – people are telling me in the Get It chat that the NFL <laughs> – hey, oh, come on. The NFL uh, Honors is going on tonight, so they're, uh, they're actually you know, giving the awards out for tonight for NFL Man of the Year, NFL MVP, so uh, we'll have a report on that. I'm trying to get oh, a Maybe Hawk would like to get your tickets to it next year. You and him can go. <laughs> wow. We should. Yeah, come on. That's awesome. <laughs> guys can hold hands. It'll be great. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> Russell Wilson's charitable foundation spent little on charity. This is uh, Clark Dalton of Yardbarker. Denver QB, Russell Wilson's charity, the Why Not You Foundation, sounds more like Why Not Me, uh, spent more on employees, salaries, and benefits than on charitable activities, according to a report by Jason Wolf of the Arizona Republic. Wilson's organization reported it spent almost 600000 just 24.3 cents of every dollar on charitable activities in 2020 and 2021, and nearly twice as much 1.1 million on employees and salary benefits wrote wolf the spending included 200,000 for an employee who worked in the family office of wilson and his wife entertainer sierra um scott pickett the charity's chief financial officer and president of wilson's brand management company west to east empire sent an email to usa today on wilson's behalf the foundation is built on working with third parties to raise money wrote pickett but you would not see all of those dollars in the foundation's tax documents wolf reported that 2014 to 2021 the Nonprofit accumulated seven and a half million in revenue and seven million in expenses. Two point eight million went to charitable activities. So anyway, this is going to be this is going to report out, and we'll see what happens with Russell Wilson. But uh, sounds like a little improprietary, or you know, leveraging a lot of funds. I know when Demar Hamlin, he has nine million, and I even brought up well. You know, maybe he can collect a salary, and people were quick to say, "No, no, no, that's that's not that's not appropriate." So they're right. I can see. I mean, it does take you know, like make a wish. They have administrations, uh, you know, fees and all. But you really, the leverage has got to be a lot higher on what you're giving than what you're spending, in my opinion. I don't know that much about charities, but I am. Yeah, it should be a hundred percent. Yeah, it should. Pretty that's what it should close. be. Yep. Sick of these charities telling us, uh, you know, you, you you donate all this money. That's why I always loved the Imus uh, Cattle Ranch for Kids with Cancer. Hundred percent of the donations went to it. There was no executives riding around in limos. There was no uh, private planes. There was no uh, administration fees. One, oh, that was all paid personally by him if they had to do any of that, that stuff. Everything went to those kids, 100%. And anything you donate to, you should find that out. Yep. To make sure 100% or damn well close to it's going to the whatever it's supposed to be. Yep. They should be volunteering if they want to be involved. If they're going to do, you know, work at administering, a treasurer should volunteer his time. And obviously the money goes to the families of the kids. I mean, hey, we, we send all hard money to these GoFundMe accounts. 
And you're right, should be 100%. So uh, we'll see what happens with Russell Wilson. I'll have a report on NFL Honest if I can get anything. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. That's, uh, that's honestly, that's really <laughs> that's nice. It's that's gorgeous. incredible. Incre- honestly. I'll have this forever. And this will remain on set. And I'll put it back in the box, Hawk. Don't worry. Yeah, please don't ruin it. <laughs> My gonna... pillow smells funny, so maybe Ed could sign the phony phone for you, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe you could sign the top of it and the shiny part. Um, all right, so Greg, very good, very cool. Great stuff. Love the audience. That's really nice. So. Incredible. Uh, you got a quick one in news? Yeah, Rick, I got, got a, it for you at the break. Just we'll a crazy quick town. one to get your attention on the Chinese spy balloon. That could have been ours. Could have been ours. Yeah, Republican senators say the administration officials didn't dismiss the possibility that U.S. manufacturing aided in the construction of the Chinese surveillance balloon in a classified Mm -hmm. briefing yesterday. Uh, Following the briefing Thursday with officials, oh, that's today. I feel like you. Um, (laughs) Senator Josh Hawley and Dan Sullivan out of Alaska said that the question of whether American companies helped build the Chinese surveillance balloon was raised in the briefing and the officials didn't answer definitively. American companies shouldn't be helping to build spy satellites that are used against their own citizens, Sullivan told reporters. Maybe there's nothing to be said about that, but somebody asked about it, and nobody nobody in that briefing said, oh, it's not a problem. Senator Hawley was also in there and said he's very concerned. Of course he's concerned about the possibility of that. Well, whatever Mitt Romney heard... He came out and said, oh, yeah, Biden did the right thing by waiting. I mean. Well, you got to wait and make sure the Chinese get all the information they want. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Crazy Town. We come back right after this. from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on Thursday night. We're like giant children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Thursday night. Slick Rick's been doing sports. Rick Delgado's going to do some more. <laughs> going to do some more. <laughs> what are you laughing gonna at, Going to do Damon? some more news. I wonder what you might be laughing uh, at. No, go on. Just hmm. leave it in play. <laughs> <laughs> Put phony back in place, phony. Oh man, um, it's like a, it's like a uh, Pee Wee Herman's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's do crazy town. G thirty minutes past the hour. Biden in Tampa. Roll it. <laughs> Hi, phony. Not for sale, Francis. <laughs> I can't stand here and not tell you how much I admire Charlie Chris. Oh, Don't think you're finished. <laughs> yeah. Look, earlier this week, I reported on the State of the Union. When I was up in the Senate for 270 years, uh, knows I know what I'm talking about in that score. There's things that we got to get things done. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics, not about trickle-down on my dad's table when we were growing up. Look, I get it. I signed the Inflation Reduction Act and took on the most powerful interest we've been fighting for years, pharma to bring down health care costs so you can have a better night's sleep. We're able to, at the VA, they can negotiate the price they're going to pay for the, the, the drugs that, the, that soldiers and sailors and airmen, et cetera, Ooh, need. Whatever. 
What? But Big Pharma up to now has always Who? stopped Big their Pharma. ability to negotiate. <laughs> Big Pharma. Well, Big only by the only Pharma? group Big in the world who can't negotiate with. Wouldn't, couldn't negotiate. Huh? But we finally got it done. Huh. Bringing down prescription drug costs doesn't just save seniors money. It will cut the federal budget by hundreds of billions of dollars. Oh, sure. So this also brings down the deficit. You guys have to stand the whole time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why don't you bring us some extra chairs here, for real? Oh, we have chairs out there. Look, oh my God. What is it with That's this? not right. You sure? I know you can do it, but... Well, people love doing that stuff. All right. Yeah. Hey, let me get you something If you want to come eat. up on stage, you can do that, too, if you want to. Oh, I'm sure Look, Secret Service was happy with that. Yeah. This is pretty basic. When I meet with the Repub new Republican leadership, they say they're not going to raise taxes on anybody at all, and they're not going to do that, they're just going to cut. They say, what would you cut? So start off if you, if you don't if you don't stop trying to do away with the legislation I did to pull Big Pharma accountable. What? I'm going to cut by hundreds of billions of dollars of that. Besides, they looked at me like, "What the hell is he talking about?" We were able to do all this. All the time we look at him like that. <laughs> and I cut the budget by 1.7 trillion dollars. Look, you got uh, right now. There are a thousand trillionaires in America. Thousand? I mean, excuse me, billionaires in America. <laughs> Over 1.1 million people in Florida it's not calculus. would be eligible for Medicaid if Governor Sanders just said, I agree to expand it. It's not, this, this, isn't, this isn't calculus. <laughs> you really don't get it. It's not like you're the poor state in the union. Look, now you may have seen, we had a little bit of a spirit debate at the State of the Union. I, uh, <laughs> well... I guess I shouldn't say anymore. They were offended. Liar, liar. By the way, the last person who said that on the floor of the Senate got censored by the Senate, by, by the Congress. Ooh, ooh. But there are about four or five, I don't know how many. The very idea the Senator from Florida wants to put Social Security and Medicare in the chopping block every five years, I find to be somewhat outrageous. So outrageous that you might not even believe it. But just yeah. what he said, I won't do it again. But exactly. I will. Well, I guarantee you, it will not happen. I will veto it. We saw on Tuesday night Republicans don't like me being called out on this. They were not very happy with me pointing this out. But the words speak, look, I know that a lot of Republicans, their dream is to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, let me say this. If that's your dream, I'm your nightmare. That may be redundant. I think they already think I am. You look, when I call Republicans out on this on the State of the Union, it sounded like they started yelling, liar, not all, but started yelling, liar, liar. And I said, that means you all are for keeping Social Security? Wow. They all stood up, said, yeah. I said, well, well we got a deal. Now, granted, I'll believe it when I see it. So stupid. Why don't we just lay out our budgets? You put yours down, I'll put mine down. And our people sit and compare them. When I put mine down, they're going to see I lower the deficit this year by $2 trillion. Well, now, it's what two trillion. now it's $2 trillion. Yeah, just by $1 the way, trillion, five seconds The ago. last fellow who had this job, Appreciate who it. never showed up at the transition, I might add, but the last guy who had this job, he increased the federal debt, which took over 200 years to accumulate. That's what the debt is, by the way. We talk about the federal debt. It's every penny owed since the inception of this nation and the interest rates that followed it. Okay, that's what it is. Just in four years, he added to that federal debt of over 200 years by 25%. 
I will not cut a single Social Security or Medicare benefit. In fact, I'm going to extend the Medicare trust fund for at least two decades. I will not raise taxes on anyone making over 400,000 grand. I'll pay for it all, my proposals. Four hundred thousand grand. Big corporations pay just a little bit more. Look, I'm a capitalist. (laughs) If you can make a million or a billion, I I said trillion. If you make a billion or a million dollars, (laughs) God love you. Billion a million. Pay something. God love you. What did he say? 400 billion grand? 400,000 grand. grand, yeah. If you can make 400,000 grand on a billion trillion, you're doing well. Yeah, you're doing good. Man. But, but uh, you know, the whole the whole lie that he just keeps throwing it's like out. calculus. There. Yeah. And you notice how he he's he's now eliminated the word millionaires from his uh from his shtick. Why? Because that's him and all his friends. So he's got, well, it's not us. It's those billionaires. Man, we get those billionaires to pay. Woo! But he doesn't want to talk about the millionaires. Him and all his friends and all his buddies from Congress and all his buddies in, in, in all the, uh, you know, uh, the military industrial, con- all the money they're making. No, no, no. We don't talk about them. No, no, about no, the- no. I don't know. Exactly. We talk about, <laughs> exactly. you don't know. You just know the billionaires. That's the new word. Yeah. So... It's all it's all in the words. Crazy. Unbelievable. He's still doing it. He's gonna do it every day. Yeah. Because there's nobody to boo him now in these speeches. Not 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 in those uh, little friendly confines of no. twenty five people. Exactly. No. Exactly. Right. So. I'm your nightmare. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you, you that that is <laughs> now you got you got no that kidding. one right. <laughs> that one you got right. So all right. So back to the um, back to the Nord Stream too. So here's all the right. thing. All right. The thing that I can't square, and 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 I haven't read this in. All of Hirsch's thing yet. I've read a lot of it. But what I can't square is the fact that, and I actually have the article. I should have pulled it up. But Biden, if you remember, um, let me get it because it just makes the point better. Right here, if you throw it up, G. No, that's not it. That's the wrong one. This is the right one. This is uh, May... Of 2021, the Biden administration has waived sanctions, really, (laughs) on a company building a controversial gas pipeline between Russia and Germany. The U.S. also lifted sanctions on the executive who leads the firm behind the Nord Stream 2 project. So my point being, if you're going to blow it up, why would you lift the sanctions? It's kind of hard to square the two. Well, does it does it say in the article who the person, who the executive and the company are? The move came in a report on Russian sanctions delivered uh, to Congress by the Department of State. Critics say the pipeline is a major geopolitical prize for the Kremlin. The project, which would take gas from the Russian Arctic under the Baltic Sea to Germany, is already more than 95% complete. So, again, why would you lift sanctions? And this is, again, the date here is May 20th, 21. Back over to this, uh, over to this article from Hearst today the timing of this says last june so that would be june of 22 june of 22 i believe navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer nato exercise known as ball tops 22 planted the remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. So, 
I guess the only thing that's really not covered that I, I, I don't really have heard a viable reason for was why would the administration do this and then do this? Ooh, ooh. Okay, ooh, go ahead. I have a theory. It, it's three words. Uh, Robert Hunter Biden. Why do I say that? Did he have a deal with a Russian company? I know he had deals with uh, Ukraine. He had deals in China. He also reportedly had deals with Russians. Um, remember, he did get a he did get what three million from the the mayor's wife of of uh, Moscow. Uh, we know about that. Were there other deals between Biden and uh, maybe that? The person, the executive there, maybe they knew the executive. They had worked with them in the past. Uh, they had requested, hey, can you lift these sanctions so we can get this job done? We'll slip you a little, some, a little something, something. You take something off the top? Maybe. I don't know. We don't know the name of the executive, and we don't know the name of the company. Uh, but it would be interesting to kind of look into that uh, and see if there's any ties there, see if there's any shenanigans going on in the background where maybe, you know, a few years ago, when this stuff was, uh, when these sanctions were levied on this company and this executive, who put the sanctions on them? And if it happened during the Trump administration, then you know why it was uh, removed. Because let's face it, Biden was all about undoing everything Trump did, and usually it was well, because but Trump wasn't a Trump was not a huge, Trump was not a fan of this either, right? That's why I'm saying, mate, again, I don't know when these sanctions were placed on this person, the executive, and the company. What I'm saying, if we can get the name of the company, the name of the executive, and find out when these sanctions were placed, then maybe it kind of gives us a little insight into who would be motivated by lifting those sanctions. Like, why would they do it all of a sudden? You know? Um, back to Hirsch's article, it says Biden's decision to sabotage the pipelines came after more than nine months. And again, I don't have exactly the timeline in front of me, but nine months takes you, I believe, pretty close to literally when they would have been lifting these sanctions, May of 2021. Nine months puts you into 2022. Mm-hmm. Biden's decision to sabotage the pipelines came after more than nine months of highly secret back and forth debate inside Washington's national security community about how to best achieve this goal. For much of that time, the issue was not whether to do the mission, but how to get it done with no overt clue as to who would have been responsible. And then, I mean, this again, I, I mean, this would take the whole show to go through this substack but it basically goes through literally the planning uh in december of 2021 two months before the first russian tanks rolled into ukraine jake sullivan convened a meeting of a newly formed task force i mean it is very specific to to the to the people who say like tucker said last night this is it's there's too much here for it to be untrue there are a lot of specifics in this article like a lot of specifics to the planning, to the meetings, to the, um, you know, then it goes into basically, you know, how they carried it out. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot here fallout of afterwards. I mean, it is, it is, it is pretty in depth. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely worth a read and see where you fall on it, whether you're in the absolutely it was us or there's still some things that have to be squared. Uh, it's on all our social media. You can check it out. We'll do some more sports and news. We'll do a couple more clips before we wrap it up on a Thursday live from Studio 6B.
All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B. I saw someone in the chat said that Lee Smith had been talking about this thing. Uh, so I just jumped over to his Twitter. And he says a couple things here. He says, this is why Trump is 100% right when he says Putin doesn't invade if he's president, sanctioning only uh, the RU pipeline that circumvents Ukraine deters Putin invasion of Ukraine. Let me put it another way. Same Biden national security apparatus that lets spy balloons cross the U.S. actually details a team to blow up Russian pipelines? Maybe. But you can see why we should be asking if Hirsch's story makes sense. Restoration of the Iran deal that Biden wants puts $10 billion in Russian war chests immediately, so Putin can't be that bad if Biden means to arm him. And then someone said, one possible explanation, Biden waived sanctions before the Russian invasion. Perhaps new circumstances simply dictated a different strategy. He said, no, well known at the time that lifting sanctions on Nord Stream 2 would be seen as a green light to invade. Richard Gurnell explained this well. Uh, even though sanctions could immediately be reinstated upon the invasion, they were useless now, as everyone at the time, even Zelensky, understood. Biden greenlighted the war by lifting the sanctions. That's the damning Biden story, not the pipelines. Uh, are there two factions in the White House? Entire White House agreed Merkel was the leader of the anti-Trump in the EU, so we have to stand with her and give her a big win. I'm assuming he's saying that's what Biden was thinking. Europe, uh, Nord Stream 2 terminal is District Merkel repped in, in German Parliament, lift sanctions and give Angela her W. He's saying that's what Biden was doing. Once the pipeline was in place, Russia no longer needed to rely on the pipelines through Ukraine. Exactly. So, again, there's a, there's a lot here to be squared. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of people, again, on both sides of this, buying into that uh, this guy's got everything nailed down perfectly, and this is the story. And then there's some people, like I said, I listened to Grant Stinchfield make the case for not us, and uh, he put other people on the table. So, um, Interesting, but yeah. it's certainly the thing that everyone's talking about these last couple of days. So, well, well, Matthias Warnig is the former East German Stasi official and Russian businessman who was uh, the CEO of the company that was heading up the uh, the Nord Stream project. So, I'm looking into him. I'll see what I can find out. See what kind of names he gets linked to. Right. So, Lee Smith's basic point is the sanctions, once the sanctions were lifted, there was a green light for him to go. Sanctions at that point didn't matter. You couldn't put him back on. So, uh, it's, it's hard to square Biden lifting the sanctions and then all of a sudden making this determination to go do this covert operation. So, right. And this, this article from the BBC says here that the sanctions didn't really do much. You know, they sanctioned four of the ships, they sanctioned the company, but they said it would not have prevented them from completing the pop pipeline. All right, there you go. So uh, <clears throat> we'll continue to follow it. Let's do some sports for wrap it up. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, we'll just write to some scores real quick. Um, NCAA men's, women's, a couple of finals right now. A Notre Dame over Pitt, 69-63. Miami, 86-82 over Florida State. Indiana, 87-78 over Iowa. And Duke, 68-27 to over Boston College. And Syracuse, 75-67 on North Carolina. And South Carolina, number one in the country over Auburn, 83-48. to 
eight NHL action right now. The Canucks lead the Islanders 5-4 with about three and a half to go in the third. And the Islanders are not or did not wear their rainbow-colored jerseys uh, during their warm-ups tonight. They've decided not to wear them. Uh, they're going along the same lines as Ivan Provorov and the Flyers. They want to avoid the controversy. So Islanders not wearing the jerseys tonight. So kudos to them for that. And Lightning over the Avalanche, 5 nothing. That's a final. Uh, Red Wings 2-1 to over the Flames. Panthers 4-1 to over the Sharks. Devils 3-1 to over the Kraken. And Flyers 2-1 to over the Oilers. All finals from earlier this evening. Uh, get to one more Super Bowl story as we're cranking it up for Super Bowl Sunday. Um, well, this is a really good one, too. Uh, listen to this story. This is how tight this, this Super Bowl is. The Chiefs and Eagles have both scored exactly 546 points heading into Super Bowl 57. 57. Uh, Andrea Coca of, uh, of Yard Barker. The best teams in the NFL don't always make the Super Bowl. Luck is normally involved, and there's a big part of, of that. It comes to overall health as well. Uh, with that said, there's no doubt the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs are the best of the best heading into Super Bowl 57. The Eagles finished the regular season 14-3 and and secured the number one seed in the NFC as well as a first round bye. The Chiefs, well, they did the same. So not only are these two teams great, but they're about as equal as you'll see on paper. They're so equal, in fact, that including the playoffs, they're heading into the Super Bowl with the same records, 16-13, as well as the same amount of points, exact same amount of points, 456 points. Absolutely incredible statistic, Big D. Can't get over that. Uh, so we're going to see. We'll have our picks tomorrow night on Odds Make is Big D, and I'm going to throw it back to you. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. Anything else in the news you want to get to? I'll try to get Grassley's clip in here. Uh, no, just uh, uh, you know, just following up on that Nord Stream 2. It turns out Biden received funds from top Russian lobbyists before the Nord Stream 2 giveaway. Dating back to uh, President Biden and his allies raked in campaign cash from a top Russian lobbyist in 2020, just months before his administration's decision to scrap sanctions on a controversial firm building the Russian oil pipeline to Germany. There you have it. Follow the money. Richard Burt, the managing partner at McLarty Associates and a former U.S. ambassador to Germany during the Reagan administration, ponied up 4000 for Joe Biden, dropped another ten grand in the lefty-aligned political action committee, and uh, basically... So 14 k you think made the difference? Oh, there's, there's more money than that. Okay. I mean, they're lobbying on behalf of Russia. He failed, to, uh, he failed to notify anybody that he was doing this, and it was... Uh, you know, it's led to some problems. He violated... Uh, in addition to violating Biden's own campaign pledge not to take lobbyist cash. The money from Burt is particularly noteworthy as currently directly engaged in lobbying activities for Nord Stream 2. All right, let's play a little Chuck Grassley today because, again, this is not getting a lot of attention. Roll that, G. During the course of my service, I've ran countless investigations. In the past few years, I've never seen so much effort from the FBI, the partisan media, and some of my Democrat colleagues to interfere with and undermine very legitimate congressional inquiries. It's because of a triad of disinformation and outright falsehoods. As one example, look at Crossfire Hurricane. Bit by bit, piece by piece, it's been deconstructed and shown to be politically motivated investigation, which it was. We all know now that it was the Democratic National Committee, along with the Clinton campaign, who colluded with the Russians. They used a former Russian spy, Fusion GPS, and law firm to create a fake dossier and then tried to cover it up. 
Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure what's been done with this information. The FBI's track record doesn't create much faith that the information is going to be followed up on. It's clear to me that the Justice Department and the FBI are suffering from a political infection that, if it's not defeated, will cause the American people no longer to trust these storied institutions. It will also threaten the American way of life. Unfortunately, what you've heard from me, this story of government abuse and political treachery is scarier than fiction. It really happened. Yeah. And like I said, that whole speech was about 15 minutes long, and he... There were some other things in that 15 minutes that were, um, maybe we'll try to find some of those clips for tomorrow night. He was a little, that was a little vanilla there. But he he got into some things that were like, whoa. Um, that again, if it was about uh, any of the Trump kids, you would have had it on every news uh, station and report and all night tonight. This crickets. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us, all our truckers, all our farmers. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night for a Friday Night Oddsmakers live from Studio 6B.